Welcome to the Fueled AF Podcast, where we educate you on ways to fuel your mind, body, and soul. We're your hosts, Alex and Avery. Now let's jump in. What is up, you guys? Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode. We are super, super excited for this one. Um, So this is actually going to be a two-part episode. So this is part one. We're going to be talking all about basically a beginner's guide to getting started on your health and fitness journey. We're going to be talking about fitness, workouts, nutrition, mindset, so much good stuff coming up. So we are going to dive right in. Yeah, this is going to be a jam packed episode. So let's just not waste any time. (laughs) Yes, we're going to jump right in. Um, First of all, just wanted to give a quick disclaimer that this is going to be like information overload. Um, So take all this with a grain of salt and just know that like you don't have to implement all of this today. We're actually going to be leaving you at the end of the episode with a couple small things that you can do today that are super easy to start implementing to kind of jumpstart your um, fitness journey. So yeah, Alex, do you want to kind of start by um, talking a little bit about identifying your goals and where to get started? Let's do it. So yeah, a big part of um, getting started on a health and fitness journey and, you know, kind of learning how to navigate that as a beginner is to first identify what the heck your goals are. Because if you don't have a goal in mind, um, it's going to be really, really hard probably impossible to create a plan of attack because you don't really know what you're aiming for. So the first thing that we are going to kind of give you guys as beginners getting started in your health and fitness journey is to identify your goals. So figure out what's your main focus. You know, do you want to lose body fat? Do you want to gain muscle? Are you wanting to maintain your weight? Um, You know, like I said, this is just such an important part of really figuring out what your plan of attack is going to look like, especially as we get into workouts and nutrition and all that, because that plays such a big role on you know, what we're going to be doing if depending on what your goals are. So that's going to be the first thing we're going to have you guys do is to really sit down and identify what your goals are and what goals you have in mind. I do want to add a little side note in there. I did release an episode, um, at the beginning of January when it was just me on the podcast and I talked all about goal setting. So if you need a little bit of help of like kind of figuring out how to define goals and, and come up with realistic goals, go ahead and go back and check that episode out. Cause I went all in depth on that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just get to the nitty gritty. Let's dive in and getting started with workouts. Do you want to go ahead and start Avery? Yeah, totally. So I think that this is something that as a trainer, I get asked all the time from people, like how often should I be working out? How many days a week? What kind of split should I be doing? Um, you know, how long should my workouts be? How much cardio should I be doing? So once you've identified those goals, I think a really helpful place to start is just asking yourself, how many days a week can I realistically get myself to the gym? Um, when in doubt, I would say err on, err on the side of less days um, and slowly build into it. But yeah, asking yourself, how many days can I commit to? Um, and then from there, I think that that can be a really helpful way to start defining your workout split. So I always, always start by saying, how many days a week are we going to get into the gym? Um, assuming that this is like strength training that you're doing, which is definitely what I would recommend focusing on. Um, So once you have, you know, you kind of have carved out how many days a week you're going to get to the gym, that's where you can kind of dive into creating a split. So a workout split is just kind of a fancy way of saying a workout kind of program. So how you're splitting up your workouts. Are you doing upper body and lower body workouts? Are you doing full body workouts? Maybe you're doing a push pull leg split. There's lots of different different splits. Um, not one is like better than the other. It just depends on your goals, the amount of times you're training. Um, 
making sure that you're actually getting the recovery that your muscles need between workouts. Um, so there are a lot of different ways to do this. I feel like that could be an entire episode of just creating your own workout split. Um, but we do have a little example of one workout split. That's kind of a, kind of a basic workout split. If you want to kind of dive into the details of that, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that we see a lot that that's very, very common with beginners is you think that to achieve your goals, you have to go to the gym six, seven days a week and just like go balls to the walls, but you do not have to do that. Like I promise you, most of our clients work out anywhere from like three to five times a week. You definitely want to make sure, like, I'm going to throw that out there. You definitely want to make sure you're including rest days. Rest and recovery is so, so important. I think we've done an episode on that. Honestly, it's all blurring together. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm like, I'm not sure. But yeah, so when it comes to creating a split, um, kind of like Avery said at the beginning in terms of de- determining like how many workouts a week you can commit to, it does not have to be anything crazy. So a very easy common split for beginners I have written out here is a four day split. So Monday, you could train upper body. Tuesday, you could train lower body. Wednesday, you could take a rest day. Thursday, upper body. Friday, lower body. Saturday, Sunday, rest. So that is a four-day split. As you can see, when I was talking about that split, we do not have two upper body days back-to-back or two lower body days back-to-back because it is important to make sure that you're, you're not training specific muscle groups on consecutive days because again, rest is really, really important. And yeah, obviously you don't have to take a rest day in between, but like you want to make sure, you know, you're training different muscle groups. So each muscle group isn't getting trained on consecutive days. That's going to be a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like I said, that's a good, that's kind of a good example. I think honestly, just doing a super simple upper or lower body split is a really good way to go just so that you know, you're working every muscle group. Um, evenly. So now we're going to dive a little bit into the actual workouts themselves. So once you've determined your workout split, how many days you're going to get to the gym, what you're actually focusing on, on each of those days. Um, now it's time to actually write your workout. So this is the fun part. Um, so every workout, we're going to start with a warm up of some sort. Mm-hmm. Please, please, please do not neglect the warm up. Every warm up for like 45 minutes. I warm up for a very uh, abnormal amount of time. People, I'll look at my watch. I've been in the gym for an hour. I haven't even started yet. Um, no, but super important. It does not have to be that long, literally just five or 10 minutes, um, of a dynamic warm up. So what a dynamic warm up is or dynamic stretches, the word dynamic, it just means that you're moving throughout the, the movements rather than the static stretches, which is, you know, you're finding that stretching position and holding it for an extended yeah. period of time. So with a warm up, you want to actually start warming up your body, getting your body moving. Um, so there's so many different movements to do, but the way that I like to think about a dynamic warm up is looking at my workout first. So what are the movements I'm going to be doing? Maybe I'm doing a lower body day, squats, hip thrusts, and then what are the muscles? What, what are the muscle groups I'm working, and how am I going to warm those up? So you want to, of course, make sure that the muscles you're going to be targeting in the workout are the muscles that you're preparing in the warm up to workout. Um, anything else you want to add about the warm up specifically? Yeah, I think that, um, you kind of said this, but just to kind of reiterate, which I know we're trying not to do, but, <laughs> um, with, with like a reset, like with the dynamic stretches, um, something that, you know, we see people do a lot is coming in and actually doing static stretching before a workout. I don't know about you, but I see people doing that a lot in the gym, like, you know, where you're holding a specific movement for or a specific stretch for like 30 to 45 seconds. It is good to do more on the, the dynamic side and dynamic stretches will, will oftentimes kind of mimic the movements that you're already mm-hmm. doing. So, 
for example, if I'm getting ready to do um, back squats, sometimes I'll just sit there and like pump out a couple air squats without mm -hmm. any weight or anything like that, because I'm going to be mimicking the actual movement that I'm going to be um, doing, but not obviously not with weight. So that's a good way to think about it too, is you're going to be doing actual movements. Like this isn't something where you're going to sit on the ground, like doing a butterfly stretch or something like that and holding it for 45 seconds. Um, oftentimes it will actually mimic the, the movement you're really going to be doing. So that's something yeah. I want to add on there. Absolutely. Yes. And, and warm up sets aren't enough. Like make sure you actually do a warm up before you touch a weight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so important. Um, the next thing that we have on here is compound movement. So this is going to be a very, very essential part of making sure that you're creating a good solid routine. And it's always good to try to make your compound movements earlier in your workout, because these are going to be movements that you're going to be using multiple muscle groups at a time. Mm -hmm. um, so with compound lifts and, and also they, they're going to be typically your heavier lifts. You're going to be able to um, incorporate progressive overload a lot more in these lifts. You're going to be able to push yourself a little bit more. So it is good to just kind of put these at the beginning of your workout. Um, I usually like to start my workouts with like typically two to three compound lifts before I dive into accessory movements. Um, some examples of some compound lifts would be hip thrusts, bent over rows, deadlifts, squats, lunges, pull-ups, bench press, leg press, split squats, all of those. I'm like just naming off a bunch of exercises. Basically yeah. anything where you're, where you were, your body is moving at multiple joints. Um, so like you're, you, you're getting hip flexion and knee flexion, like your hips are moving and your knees are moving in a squat, for example, that's, that's what a compound movement is. Um, and like Alex said, we do want to put these, typically we'll put these first in a workout because they are the most taxing on your body. You're using multiple muscle groups. You're going to be lifting heavier during these movements because you have the ability to implement progressive overload. So this is where we want to use the majority of the fuel and energy we have for this workout. That's why we're putting these movements first. Um, and you'll also get more bang for your buck. So with a squat, you're working your hamstrings, your glutes, your quads, um, your core, but with, you know, a leg extension, you're really just isolating your, um, your quads. So, um, yeah, so compound movements are going to be super important. Um, and in terms of like structuring them into your workout, again, just ask yourself, okay, today I'm focusing on lower body. Let's say, um, what are some lower body compound movements, squats, um, deadlifts, things like that. So making sure you have a couple of those in your, in your workout first, um, before you're getting into those accessories. Um, I do want to add one more thing before yes, I, okay. I was going to say, and with the compound lifts, you're going to like, like we said, you're going to be able to push more weight with these. So you want to make sure that your rest time in between sets is prioritized as well. I think Avery and I talked about this on a podcast before, but like you should need the rest in between sets. Like it, it's, it's important to make sure you take that time. Um, and it's, it's very common that most of your workout, even though it's usually only two to three movements that you're going to be doing for compound lifts, most of your workout will be taken up by these. Like this is going to definitely take up more time than your isolation movements, but that's something I just wanted to throw in there. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, maybe, we have, maybe we can talk a little bit also about, um, just rest times in general, like how to know how long to rest. Um, and if you guys are kind of wondering, like, as you're going through this, this episode, um, if you're wanting to know more details about like specifically mu gaining muscle and getting stronger, making sure you're actually pushing yourself hard enough, which I think is something that a lot of beginners kind of struggle with because when you're, when you're first starting, you don't know really what your, what your max is. You don't know what you're actually capable of. Mm -hmm. Um, so go check that episode out. We go into a lot more detail about kind of the nitty gritty on building muscle. Um, but now getting a little bit into the accessory lifts and the isolation movements. So 
like Alex said, with compound movements, these are going to be your multi-joint movements, multi multiple muscle groups are getting worked with your accessory lifts, your isolation movements. These are typically going to be single joint movements. You're moving at one joint and you're isolating one specific muscle or one specific muscle group. Um, so leg extensions, bicep curls, um, hamstring curls, a lot of machines are going to be more, more isolation. Um, so these are going to be a lot less taxing on your body um, because you're only using one muscle group. Um, and so typically we're not able to progressively overload these as much. There's a lot more ways to progressively overload a squat than there is a leg extension. Um, so this is when you're typically going to be doing higher reps, a uh, little bit lower weight, less rest time, more so just burning out the muscles. Um, but still really, really important that you are pushing yourself hard during these movements. Shouldn't be easy by any means, um, but these are going to come after those first couple of compound movements in your workout. Yeah. And I personally will typically add like three to four of these after I do my, you know, two to three compound lifts. Um, another thing too, is your accessory lifts or your isolation movements are going to be great to use in supersets. So if you do decide to add any supersets, which I know this is a beginner's guide, if you don't know what a superset is, basically it is when you take two exercises and you do them back to back with little to no rest in between. Um, so if you are going to be completing any supersets, you would be wanting to do that with more of your isolation movements, because like Avery said, they aren't going to be as taxing on your body as a compound lift. So just wanted to throw that out there as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the, the main components of the exercise portion. Now we're going to kind of sum that all up with our cool down and our stretching post-workout. So um, these are going to be your static stretching. So kind of like I said at the beginning, static stretching is when you will be holding a specific set of stretches for like 30 to 45 seconds at a time. Um, this is going to just be really important, especially when it comes to just reducing your chance of, of injury and all of that. Um, also, it can kind of feel good after a, a heavy workout when your muscles are just super tight, like stretching out can be really, really nice. Um, you also could be doing any type of like myofascial, myofascial release, like foam rolling and stuff like that, which Avery actually did a live in our Facebook group on this. I don't know when. That was a long time ago, but it's still up there. If you want to get the ground and foam roll with me. Go in, our, go in our weight loss for moms Facebook group and type in foam rolling and it'll probably come up. But yeah, um, that that's another example of a type of stretch that you could do as a cool down stretch as well. Um, besides that, is there anything else you want to add in there when it comes to just structuring a workout in general, Avery? Those are, that is a very, I would say the structure that we just gave you of dynamic warm up, couple compound movements, couple accessory movements, and a cool down is a very good framework. Um, it, you really don't have to make it any more complicated than that. Um, I think especially if you're a beginner, don't feel like you have to do every single bicep exercise on an upper body day or every single leg exercise. Um, I would say in general, I would aim for between like four to seven exercises. Seven is even probably pushing it a little bit. Um, so you don't have to overdo it. And I think one last thing that I want to, I guess, just make clear is that a workout, the difference between a, a, a training program and a training routine or workout routine is that with your program you are doing these movements you know the same workouts for an extended period of time so that you can actually repeat them and practice them and get better at them and you're also implementing progressive overload so that's the main difference between a program and a routine a routine okay i'm going in i take my 10 pound dumbbells i'm doing curls same thing every week nothing changes 
progressive overloading is just the process of gradually increasing the intensity as your body adapts so that you actually can get stronger. If we keep the stimulus the same, you're, nothing's going to change. But if we increase the intensity, we're going to get stronger as a result. So um, just make sure that you are, you know, you're keeping that in mind and that you're, you're challenging yourself. You're trying to get some more weight on the bar. You're trying to get a couple more reps in um, yeah. and actually progressing week to week. Exactly. And kind of adding on to that when it comes to um, creating a split for yourself, what Avery means by like progressing week to week is you will have, once you create your split, you will keep this exact split, exact workouts for a period of time, whether that's four weeks at a time, six weeks, some people keep their split for two months at a time. Um, like Avery said, that's how you're really going to be able to push yourself and be able to implement progressive overload and make sure that on a week to week basis, you really are trying to raise your weights or add more reps. Um, so when you create your split, so your, you know, whether you're Monday through Friday split or whatever it looks like for you, when you create your split, you want to do this for a long period at a time. I would say common for beginners, probably four week split. Um, but you can go six, eight weeks. It, it, I mean, some people do even more than that too. I, I personally stick to like a four to six week split, but it, it really can be just make sure you're doing these same workouts and giving your chance to really progress in those. And imagine like how much more confident you're going to feel from week one to week four, doing the exact same workouts every week at the end of those four weeks, you're going to feel like I got these movements down. I feel really confident about my form versus what a lot of people do is go on Instagram, pull up a random swipe workout and do that and just do a different workout every time. You're not repeating the same movements. So you're, you're not going to be able to get better at them. Um, and you're probably, you're just going to, you know, it's going to be a little bit all over the place and disorganized instead of feeling like, okay, I really got these movements down next program. I'm going to write some new movements. I'm going to get those down. Um, and I think it's just less overwhelming. You don't have to worry every week about writing yourself new workouts or what am I going to do? You know that every upper body day I do this, you know, my first upper body day of the week, this is what I do. My second upper body day of the week, this is what I do for four weeks. Yep. And, and it's not, I think a lot of people think, well, oh, that was, that's so boring. Like doing the same workouts for four weeks at a time. But like, if you're actually pushing yourself, mm -hmm. it is not boring. It's exciting because you get to hit PRs and you get to like really give yourself that chance to to prove yourself wrong and to push yourself past that, what you think you're capable of. And I think that that is way more fun than constantly mixing things up and not knowing what the hell you're doing. Um, so yeah, that, that's a really good point to make. So yeah, just to sum it up, warm up, usually two to three compound movements, um, three to four isolation movements after that, and then your cool down. That's kind of a good rundown of what a, a workout could look like for you. Okay, so we are going to finish up this episode just by giving you guys a couple small things that you can start implementing today. Um, like Alex said, I know that this is like a ton of information. It can feel really overwhelming and like you have to do a million new things at once. So um, the first one, super simple, start drinking some more water. Yeah. Invest in a water bottle, carry it around with you. Just make a conscious effort to drink water throughout the day. Yes. And honestly, with this, I actually just did a little like story takeover on Monday on like tips to drink more water, but you don't have to, again, you don't have to go balls to the wall. You don't have to be like, okay, I'm going to drink a gallon of water today. Um, like ease into it. Like maybe if like I, for example, I have a 40 ounce water bottle. I'm showing it as if they can see I have a 40 <laughs> ounce water bottle. So if I'm someone who like only drinks like one water bottle a day, maybe I'm going to challenge myself to drink one and a half tomorrow, or mm -hmm. maybe even two tomorrow, but I'm not going to be like, all right, I'm going to drink three and a half of these. Like it, yeah. it's definitely something you can ease into. Um, the more, you know, the more you're going to the bathroom, that's how you know you're doing it right. Like, I can't tell you how many times I have to go pee, especially when I was getting started and you're not used to it. It's, it's so funny to see our clients be like, oh my God, I'm literally, I'm getting my steps in because I pee so much. Right. 
Um, but yeah, so the next one we have on here is to just overall try to get more movement in. Um, we, I don't know if we've done a podcast on increasing NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Sounds really like crazy. It's not, it's really not. Um, NEAT is basically the exercise you get in that's kind of non-intentional. So going on walks, taking the stairs, um, having a step goal, that kind of stuff that, that can be really, really helpful and something that can be pretty simple when it comes to, um, just trying to, to better yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just parking further away when you go get groceries, like little things just to be moving intentionally throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. Super simple. Um, the next one is just to start eating more whole foods. Um, and by whole foods, we just mean less processed foods in their original form. I look at this apple, it's an apple. Um, you know, if I look at apple juice, it's a little bit more processed. So trying to eat more whole foods, um, cooking more at home is a really easy way to do that because you just tend to cook more whole foods. Um, and also just focusing a little bit more on your protein intake. So this is something that just in general, we see a lot of people under eating protein. Um, yes, women too. Uh, definitely super important, especially if you're just getting into the gym and wanting to support all the work you're doing in the gym. So just being a little bit more aware of your protein intake and just kind of consciously choosing higher protein options. Yes, yes, yes. That one is really important. I, especially, I think I talked um, last week. I, did we do intuitive eating last week? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, they literally are all blurred together. I hope the people who are listening to our episodes listen to all of them so they can always know when we're like talking about this, but, um, you know, eating protein is really important, especially if, if your goal is, you know, weight loss or muscle gain, like it's protein gonna be, doesn't, whatever your goal is, it's going to be really important. very, very important. Yeah. Um, the next one we have on here is to just try to manage your stress as best as you can. Um, stress has a lot more impacts on your body than you probably think. Coach Avery's actually going to be going live next week in our Facebook group on Tuesday to talk more about this, but, um, you know, managing it as best as you can. If there's a factor in your life that is causing you a lot of stress and it is something that you can try to minimize, do your best to minimize it. Um, that's going to be a big, big part as well. Yeah. And I honestly think that just doing like doing the things that we mentioned above are going to help with the stress management. Right. So drinking a little bit more water, moving your body a little oh, bit more, yeah. eating like good quality food, that's automatically going to help lower your stress. Yeah. Um, and then the last one on here is just to focus on getting quality sleep, which is also going to help lower your stress. So, you know, just focusing on establishing some good sleep hygiene, putting your phone away, you know, turning off the screens, reading, meditating, doing something to enhance your sleep quality, um, which is also just going to enhance your quality of life, help you recover from your workouts, all that good stuff. So those are the last little things we're going to leave you with. But like Alex said, we are going to be doing a part two to this episode that's going to release next week. And it's going to be all about um, basically a beginner's guide to nutrition and mindset, what to do when you are falling off the motivation wagon, you want to give up. Um, so make sure to tune back in for that episode and we will we'll catch you guys next week. Yes. See ya. Bye. <laughs>